uh, I'm, I'm on the journey toward blessing. I love to talk about blessing. How about you? <clears throat> How about it, choir? It's all good. Amen. It's going to be a L-O-N-G message tonight. Now, I want to hear, hear you know, Psalms chapter 1 on, in my Bible's page 603. Here we go. Now, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seed of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, what? Prospers. Whatever he does, prospers. A great word. I believe the happiest people in culture and society today and the happiest families are those that are committed to serving God. Uh, well, I got to go to church on Wednesday night. Got to go, yeah. Well, you know, we had to go to church on Sunday morning. I, I've never seen coming to worship with my fellow believers as a chore and something I had to do, something I enjoy doing. How about you say amen? Sing it out. Here we go. It doesn't mean that believers don't have challenges. I mean testimony. Have you ever thought about it? In order to have a testimony, the first part of that, you got to have a test. I came out of this. I went through this. That hit me upside of the head. I lost that much money. A testimony, and then, then we share it. That doesn't mean that we don't have challenges. That, that, and sometimes it's the same old challenge over and over and over again. Here's what it means. It means that the believer's life is not, since it's not based on possessions, it's not based on or driven by circumstances, whether they're good or bad. If I'm in love with Jesus and he's my Lord and Savior, whatever happens, that's just the way that it is. It's not based on, based on health, whether my health is good or bad. I'm still in love with Jesus. Come on, y'all. I'm still in love with Jesus. It doesn't matter whether my finances are good or bad, whether it's black or red. Black is better, by the way. Here's what I know. God's got everything under control. The believer's life is driven on this one thing, and that is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Not perfect, but do you know him? Have you decided he's my Lord, he's my Savior? I just nailed that down without a shadow of a doubt. And the primary focus for the believers to do what? To do the will of God and die a little bit each and every day. Well, when you say that, you model yourself after Jesus in John, the Gospel of John 4, 34. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. That's Jesus, to do the will of the one that sent me and to finish his work. That's my daily opportunity every day. I intend to fulfill the will of God for my life. Will there be bumps? Will you hit a, a ditch? Will, will you face adversarial forces? Will you make a mistake? Will you sin sometimes on purpose? Absolutely. But the basis of your desire and will is I want to do the will of my heavenly father. So here's what Jesus said. Now for you to do that, you got to deny yourself every single day and you got to die a little bit every day. In other words, that means get out of the way of your own selfish way and let me take over. And you know what? How many of you know somebody that's pretty stubborn? May I see your hand? You just know they're stubborn and, and, and it's, it, you know, I said earlier, it's, it's their way or the highway. You ever heard that? They're just stubborn. It's hard for God 
to deal, I mean, in his loving way with a person that just says, hey, you want me to do that? Why? Uh, that kind of person runs me nuts. Well, you want this? Why? You know what? Here's the deal. What we want to say to God if we walk in his way and do his will is if he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, we'll hear about that Sunday morning, we shouldn't ask why. We ought to just say, yes, sir, that's what you want. I'll get the job done. I'll stay there that long. I, because why? Because your will is important in my life to accomplish all the things you want me to do. Now, why is that? Well, we find in Matthew 6, verse 21, for where your treasure is, your heart is going to be there as well. So my treasure is here. It's in the will of God. It's walking with God. I make mistakes, but I know that I've got my Jesus tattoo, so to speak. And so my treasure is knowing that my heart is in love with Jesus Christ. It appears that that is a life that is fulfilling and wonderful and can be found only, only, only in the relationship with Jesus. We sing, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. You feel that relationship and you enjoy it. But that's not where most people are looking. It's not in Jesus Christ. David the psalmist in our text today describes how that relationship can be enjoyed, but he also says, here's how it can be accomplished. Now, I don't I care how long you've been serving God. I don't, I don't know how many years you've been in the way, but here's what I'm, those of you watching online, listen carefully. What's important is we need a little dash of renewal in our spirit every day. We need to remember the things that we already know and put them to the test. So here's what we need. This is point number one in Psalms 1-1. It is that a purpose-driven walk. Would you say that with me? A purpose-driven walk. Let's say it again with a smile. A purpose-driven walk. David writing 1-1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand around the fire of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Now, now, now listen, blessed is the man who does not. That's, that blessed is the man who does not. That is a, a negative, who does not. Having a purpose simply means that, that one is determined to accomplish a set goal. I have a set goal to do the will of God, to follow him, for him to be my Lord and Savior and to do the best I can in serving him. So David says, happy is the man who does not follow his own. Here it is, lazy, carnal, divisive way. That's called human nature. Blessed is the man who doesn't allow himself to lead. Blessed is the man who, who, uh, who uh, does, uh, does not walk and say, it's my will or the highway. And what God is, what David is saying here, blessed is the man who does not follow those things. You understand, here are the negative points that he's looking at. And why does he list the negative first? Here's why. Because David makes an assumption that if we do not have a purpose, I know, I know who I am or a goal or a meaningful desire for good in God, that we will naturally, human nature, we will naturally stoop to the lowest level. What can I do to get out of this and do the least? 
We'll stoop to the lowest level of responsibility. How much do I need to commit in order to still be counted in the number? How much commitment do I need to make? I mean, my God, I go on Sunday morning. Does he want me to go Sunday night when they go or sing in the choir and go on Wednesday night and actually be engaged in a ministry? I mean, how much do they expect down there at the church? And you know what God says? I want it all. I want it all. I don't, I don't want to bargain with you. I, I, I just want to know that if I say to you, Taiwan is going to be your next primary residence. You got that, Browns? Taiwan, yes, sir, Lord. Or, or the lowest level of religious activity. I can't stand crowds. You're going to be miserable in heaven and more miserable in hell. Because there are going to be crowds in both places. Or, or how much do they expect of exerted energy? I mean, exert. Pastor gets up there and, you know, goes at it. Well, he gets paid to do that. Ha! I was, I was, I was that way before I ever got into ministry. What David didn't say was louder than what he did say. We must not walk in the footsteps of culture and the world. We just must not do it. We must say, okay, uh, why do you pay your tithe? Because I'm in love with Jesus. Why do you go to church? Because I'm in love with Jesus. Uh, you, no, why, why do you have Christian fellowship? Because I'm in love with Jesus. Why do you have small groups? Because I'm in love with Jesus. Why do you teach your kids? Because I'm in love with Jesus. Why do you read? Because I'm in love with Jesus. That's who, that's who I'm in love with. The world out there is driven by pride and selfishness and love and, and the lust for money and the lust for power, the love of position, and many, many other things. And, and here's the deal. We must share a purpose-driven walk that will follow after Jesus Christ, that we're not ashamed of our walk with God. And we do that on purpose every single day. Amen. Richard Dunn shared a testimony and read it on Facebook. How many has ever heard of Facebook? Yeah, read it on Facebook. I don't know if you read it, but his wife lost her cell phone. And when you lose your cell phone, I mean, if you use it carefully, there's a whole lot of valuable information in there that, that goes with that cell phone. I, I don't know about you, but have you noticed today you got more codes and more access codes than you could ever imagine. I mean, I mean, know that you, the Amazon code, the code, the code to Lori's gate to get in her development, the the code for the garage, the code for your bank account, your your pin number, all of those, right, right there in the cell phone. Bottom line, and she lost her cell phone, and oh my Lord, how mercy that sinking feeling that's there. Richard said in his testimony, he said, you know, it was really a, really a big, big deal. And she was upset about it. And I, of course, you know, tried to console her to begin with and, and, and throughout the day. And he said, I told her, I'll go down and get you a new one. And, and of course that created a little, you know, division because she's walking by faith and I'm walking by sight and I'm on online looking at new cell phones. And she said, no, God's going to provide my cell phone. 
that I, I just believe that. And he said, then, of course, we look for it and put the code in. And there's, you know, no code. I can't find it anywhere. We knew where she went and all that went with it. And, and it was an unbelievable, unbelievable situation. And then he said time lapsed and, uh, and elapsed. And finally, we, we put on for any cell phone that's lost, etc. But we connected with an individual uh, a man who rides a bicycle and uh and it rode a bicycle and that communication took place and and he riding the bicycle on the bike path about two and a half miles or three miles three and a half miles four miles four and a half miles five miles a few miles from the family he found it he had called it and called it and called it richard did but his wife called it he answered, hello? She said, this is my cell phone. Yes, ma'am. What's your name? Gave the name. She said, do you have it? <laughs> I apologize, Don family. Yes. Can we get it? He said, absolutely. They met. He said, I had several friends told me to sell it. He, he's a bicycle. I don't know where he lives, but at any rate, he said, but I didn't. I was raised in a foster home. And my foster parents in one place taught me always do the right thing and don't do the wrong thing. So I didn't sell it. I kept it. And figured eventually you'd call. It was celebration day. Everything was perfectly intact. And of course, they met, gave him a letter, put some money in the envelope, absolutely, and then met him for breakfast. And that was the testimony that they received by, by the grace of God. How did that happen? God said, in your purpose-driven walk, there are times in your purpose-driven walk you're going to be totally out of control. But if you stay on the path and you stay committed and you have that purpose and you have that goal to serve God, even, even God can find a cell phone. Somebody say amen. That's right. But it's not easy, is it? The world out there, that's not the world they live in. So Matthew 7, here it is, enter through the narrow gate. That's our gate. The narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter there through, or through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. And that's culture out there. But those of us who have that purpose walk, the purpose-driven walk after Christ may lead you to be a missionary in Taiwan. It may lead you to the dirty streets of the poor, as we do often at the Dream Center. It may lead you to the cell of a prisoner. It, it may lead you to the hall of moral judgment. It may lead you to the, to the hall of satanic attack where the enemy doesn't like what you're doing. But one day that walk will lead you to the throne room of Jesus Christ. And you'll look back and say, all the times I could have thrown my hands up, all the times I let myself get discouraged, all the times I let myself be led onto that wide gate, almost taking in there, I'm so glad that I stuck it out. 
and stood with you, Lord Jesus. There is something to be enjoyed in that purpose-driven walk. Number two, how many know what passion is? How many, how many of you have passion for a few things in your life? Passion. It's good, passion. I may have a passion for good pie. How many have a passion for vacation? How many have a passion for barbecue ribs? How many have a passion for any kind of food? Even bologna sandwiches. It's good. How many have a passion for banana sandwiches? Sure you do. But is there a thing that you can be passionately driven in your walk with Jesus? We sang Sunday, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word. I watch people, tears streaming down their faces. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. That passion that is purpose-driven. The psalmist says in Psalms 1 verse 2, but his delight. It's one of the things I like since the word delight. I like chocolate delight. How many know what that is? That's graham cracker crust. I think I'm getting this right. I think it's graham cracker crust. I think there's plenty of butter in Jesus' name in there. And you put it in, and I think you bake it on about, let's say, 350 degrees. That seems like, is that a good degrees to say, 350 degrees? And then you take the chocolate, and you, you mix it up real good, and you taste test it to be sure it's the kind of chocolate that you like. It's that right sweetness to it. And you pour it all in, all over the place, to cover up, the, I think, that graham cracker crust and maybe a few pecans in there somewhere. And then you take some Cool Whip. Now, I don't know how you make it, but this is how I believe I would make it if I made it. I'd take Cool Whip, put all over that, all over it, about that thick, and then put it in the fridge and just let it, sit and I would take it out and get me a bowl about that big <laughs> dip mine out chocolate delight they can Sharon can mention that I said I'm in there's just something about that word delight that you enjoy the delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. Lord, when a person has discovered and defined and declared himself to have that purpose-driven walk, he, he will quickly determine a need for consistent passion. God, I, I want to keep feeling what I felt when I first got saved, when I first got called, when I, when I first got received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God, when I led my first person to the Lord, I, I want to keep that feeling. And God says, you can do that, but you're going to have to maintain a passion. That's true in anything. 
in friendship and relationships, maintaining, maintaining that passion. But here's what happens. Many have started well, but ultimately lapsed because of a lack of passion in following suit and proper disciplines of following after the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember their promises in those first six verses of Psalm there. Passion requires that I have a reason for existence. It is a sign of self-perpetuation. It is a direction for a dedicated cause and room for creativity. So God, I want that passion. Passion that has no purpose, receives no attention, has no guidance, is limited in its destiny, and it will either destroy or die as it relates to those involved. But my passion is in the Lord. You know where you get that passion? In your personal altar. But here's somewhere else you get it. When you worship together with believers in the local church. Just something about, there's just something about right there. As I was listening to Bill Gaither the other day. Somebody said, oh, pastor, why don't you get with it and listen to, listen to uh, you know, Bethel music. I listen to Bethel music. Nothing wrong with Bethel music. And, and there's, there are others out there. Uh, but, but you know what? When I hear, you know, when I hear, Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. It stirs my passion. It stirs my passion. When I, when I hear a song, there's a lighthouse on a hillside that overlooks, I, it stirs my passion. You know what I'm talking about? When I sing, how great thou art, it stirs my passion. And that passion will die unless you decide to fuel that passion in praise and worship and commitment for the Lord Jesus Christ and put you out there, put yourself out there sharing in the love of Jesus Christ. Here's what David says. You can have the end of these few verses if you pay attention to that. You, you want to be in his presence. You want to fellowship with his people. You want to hear his voice. You want to you please his heart. I want to please you, God. I do. It's the, it's the message Ruth. Ruth replied, hey, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I'm going to go. And where you stay, I'm going to stay. And your people are going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. And where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. And that is the summation of our passion about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you die, may nothing separate except when you die, you'll take the breath into the presence of the Lord. It creates a song in your heart. Finally, number three, it's a purpose-driven prosperity. I don't preach an extreme prosperity. I just believe that God's people are the most prosperous people in the world. I believe that. I think God is blessed and blessed and blessed. 
Now, for those of you who are, you know, you say, well, look at them, man, they're, they seem like they're doing really, really good. Well, let me tell you, for every person you look at and you say they're doing really, really good, they paid a price to get to where really, really good is. Because there was times when it was really, really bad, really bad arguments and disagreements and no food and bills that you could not pay but you stayed true in that passionate walk you stayed true in building that passion and now you look at the prosperity of where God has taken you that he's like the tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season whose leaf does not wither whatever he does prospers this is a verse I held on to during COVID during COVID I say God don't you let Victory Church have a withered leaf. Don't you let COVID destroy the ministry and the focus of the ministry at Victory Church. Lord, there is a famine out there. It's dry. It's a disease. It's called COVID. It's talked about every day. God, don't let it hurt Victory Church. Let us flourish in that season. And you know what God has done? He's enabled us to flourish. And in the same route, he's made you to flourish. Amen. I look back. I'm glad it's gone. And I'm looking for greener pastures. David paints a picture of the person, family relationship of church that walks in pursues that passion, Israel was filled with rocks. I've been there, barren places, flat, mountainous regions sometimes. Trees, plant life would not be able to, to, to survive. It was not near water, etc. Or the wind would just blow it until it gave up and died. But the ones planted in the fertile ground and the ones that had a source of consistent water, they always prospered. They gave strength. They had good health. They never failed to produce results. And that's what David said. All of you that he's writing to, you know what it looks like to see a good olive tree. An olive tree that's been there for a thousand years. Maybe gnarled, but that olive tree has done what it's supposed to do. It provided shade and security for the traveler. It provided food for those that are hungry. It produced medicine for those that are hurting. It offered consistency to the fretful and discouraged because of its longevity and the root depth way down of that olive tree. He said, here's what you'll be like that tree. I look back on my ministry. I've, I've told you about the corned beef hash barbecue sandwiches. I mean, I'm, I'm told we couldn't afford the pork with that, but that, that greasy. But you know what? You get rid of the grease. You know what you do? You put it in a frying pan. It'll melt right on out. You throw enough barbecue sauce and ketchup on it. That'll make anything taste better. You take a piece of light bread. How many remember we used to call it light bread? Some people call it white bread. I call it light bread. You take a piece of light bread and you load up that light bread with that corned beef hash, and you think you're seated in the king's presence. Put Tabasco on there. My Lord, how mercy makes it good. Here's what he says. That's, that's where you want to be. That's where you want to be. And you know who gets there? The person who has the passionate walk 
and the one who has that passion that's renewed. And he said, then you'll reach the place of prosperity. He said, but the wicked, if you can't get it right, you know, some people start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. How long would you keep a vehicle that every time you got in it, it would start and then it would stop? And they never stop in a convenient place. Did you know that? They stop never on a convenient place. I gave out of gas one time because I played with my gas tank. You know, how far can it go before it actually is going to run out? Sharon gets so nervous. She'll say, that light's been banging. It's been on. I'll listen, don't worry about it. I got three more miles. I just, how do you know? I said, I feel it. But one night I didn't feel it. I didn't have time. And on a curve, blind curve, over there near where I live, she gave up the ghost. I pulled in the driveway that was just enough to get my vehicle off the road because they had a secure gate. Just enough. It just happened to be a family from Victory. Hi, Pastor. What's wrong? Are you out of gas? <laughs> Do you know how embarrassing that is? It's embarrassing. Well, I just happened to have five gallons in the garage. Let me get some. Called a neighbor. Sharon called. Several people, gas was coming, etc. Ask me this question Have you learned your lesson? I'm working on it. <laughs> now, listen, the wicked is like chaff. It's blown away with the wind, having not enough weight to stand alone. You know what that refers to? To somebody who can't get the walk consistently right, in and out, in and out. You'll always lose if that's you. Or have a passion and then trade horses because something else they can be more passionate about. Jump on that horse. Well, that'll ride you for a while right straight to a dead end. But listen, for that person who gets that walk, said, I'm sticking with it, who fuels that passion with the proper discipline, God said, eventually, it's going to lead you into some fruit. And you're going to be, you're going to be blessed. You see, David shares the testimony of the believer and the unbeliever. This is what he says, Psalms 1-6. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Somebody say Amen. But the way of the wicked will perish. So here's the option. You either do it God's way. You either stand strong and stay at it. There's only one other alternative. You'll get to the end of the line. And the things that you valued and the things that you cherished will evaporate and be gone.
That's the promise of God's word. So I say it makes sense to me to just live for the Lord. Amen? Give him praise. Give him thanks. Give him honor. If you do that, eventually, it'll bring you to the place of abundant blessing. Now, if you are young enough to stand on your feet and give the Lord a clap offering, would you do that now? There you go. Amen. God's abundant blessing is so great. Let, let the Lord, let this seep into your spirit. Those of you listening at home, let that seep into your spirit. Take a look, go and read Psalms 1. Matter of fact, read the whole chapter, not just 1 through 6. Let, let that Holy Spirit speak to you. I'm asking you, let, let that happen. Leave this place tonight with a different song in your heart. Saying, God, I, I want to thank you. I want to honor you. I want to say how wonderful you are. Put you a, a little praise music on. That's what I do. So, well, it works for you, Pastor, but I, I don't know. It'll work for you if you pay attention. Put a little praise because you can't mention the name of Jesus and talk about God and come up with zero. When his name is mentioned, every power of darkness shakes because there's power and authority in his name. So honor him. I want to ask you to let's bow just in case. Here we go. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. There may be those here tonight in this room. In this room. Or listening online. Or listening online. Whose life is not where it needs to be. Whose life is not where it needs to be. So I ask you right now. So I ask you right now. We seek forgiveness. We seek forgiveness. Would you forgive them? Would you forgive them? Would you reveal to those individuals? That you have spoken to tonight. you have spoken to tonight. What they need to do. What they need to do. They humble their heart. They humble their heart. They confess their sin. They confess their sin. They ask for forgiveness. They ask for forgiveness. And then believe they are forgiven. And then believe they are forgiven. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. 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 I believe it. Let me encourage you. If you have a need. Some of you are going to be liberated tonight. The minute you walk out of wherever you are, if the Holy Spirit is pulling on you, you're going to immediately be liberated. God's going to touch you and give you an idea and give you a, just give you something that comes from Him through the, the Holy Ghost if you're obedient. Those of you that are watching online, just text it to us. Send us an email. Now, do whatever needs to be done to communicate with us. Let God do something real in your life. And here's what I know. You heard me speak Sunday morning that sometimes the message is alive and vibrant. And if you, you let much time go by, the enemy will come and steal that conviction, steal that seed away. He'll steal it away. So that's why you have to act right now on what God is doing in your life. You have to act now. So we're going to believe God. We're going to worship. If you want to hang out and worship a little bit with the worship team, let me encourage you to do that. If you have to leave, you've got children or youth or whatever the case, you're welcome to do that. I'll see you Sunday morning. Bring somebody with you to church. 
Sunday morning. God bless you, everybody.